Get them titties out. Get them kitties out. Get them cooters out. Get them pooters out. Shit happens when you party naked. Shit happens when you party naked. Get them titties out. Get them kitties out. Get them cooters out. Get them pooters out. Shit happens when you party. Naked. All right, let's uh let's get cracking. You ready? Everybody ready? Ready. All right. Good day, Bass. How you going, you dickhead? You all right? Good day to you, Barry. How are you, you fine fellow? How's your trouble and your strife treating you? You got any <laughs> hens yet? Or has she still got you like a stun gala up a gum tree? <laughs> May I inquire as to the well-being of your better half? I trust that your relations are as harmonious as ever. <laughs> hey, did you see on the telly the other night? Steve Smith, Bull Tempera, get a golden duck from that cracker of a Yorker, no? Hmm, did you manage to watch the cricket the other night? Steve Smith just continues to meet with misfortune, doesn't he? Oh, the shame of getting a golden duck. But I'm sure he'll bounce back. Those Australian cricketers are real tenacious go-getters. <laughs> oh, can I bought a dory off you? Oh, oh. Cheers, mate. You're a top bloke. Top bloke. I know it's awfully impudent to ask another favour of you, but I would be overcome with joy if you could spare me one of your finest Winfield red cigarettes. Thank you so much, good sir. Your kindness will never be forgotten. So, hey, have you had a tally and a chinwag recently with that Fezza Bogan called Dino? I've been Donnybrooking for him. Have you Barry Sheen him? <laughs> and if I may trouble you for just a little bit longer, I'd like to ask you whether you have recently had any interactions, either formal or informal, uh, with the kind of noble gentleman called Dean. Nah, not Dirty Dino or Dodgy Dino. Dino Dino. <clears throat> I heard you cracked some slut laps with him in his Rana up in Woomby last Wenny. Oh dear, there appears to be a little confusion here. We know many people called Dean with various uncouth epithets, don't we? I did hear from a reliable source that you, kind Sir Barry, were driving around Toowoomba with Dean Bronson last Wednesday in a heavily modified Holden Tirana automobile. It might be salacious gossip, and I deeply apologise in advance if that is indeed the case. But my source believed that you were engaging in some upper-class courtship rituals in the hopes of beginning a lifelong fruitful relationship with a person of the fairer sex. Ah, maybe you were too munted to remember. Well, let me know if you see him round like a lizard drinking. I want to say ta for letting me root his grouse, missus. Yes, uh, thank you for the clarification. You are quite right and very knowledgeable on the subject, if I might say. The imbibing of excessive alcoholic beverages, be they out of an aluminium can or a glass bottle or a direct from the cast, has been linked to the disruption of hippocampal function, a brain region vital to the storage of memories. It may very well be the case that you do not have any recollection of the said events. However, 
I'm pleased that we have resolved that confusion and both are singing from the same hymn sheet, as they say, with discussing Dean Bronson. Have your eyes perchance gazed upon him sometime today? No. Well, please contact me if you do see him, as he currently is not in the possession of a mobile telephone and is trying to avoid the law from some unfortunate warrants that he, of course, is completely innocent of. I would like to discuss in private with him about my recent personal interactions with his wife. Yeah, not nah bullshit, mate. Not nah bullshit. I caught up with Dino down the rub-a-dub-dub last Friday while chowing down on me dunch tucker. <laughs> yes, well, um, it just isn't cricket to discuss such matters with other parties, but I will say that more than one load was taken off my mind by her scintillating repartee, if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay. Well, you've twisted my arm, old chap. I will tell you the story only if you promise on the Queen's life not to divulge it to another soul. We both have an upsta- our upstanding reputations to consider, and this kind of behaviour is not considered Christian by many of our social circles. Last Friday afternoon, after my awfully kind boss agreed that I could finish work early for being such a hard-working employee, I visited my local public bar to relax with a fine Victoria bitter beverage and a meal. I was honoured that Dean decided to join me at the table. Yeah, the usual prawn and witchetty grub cocktail. It's truth. Did we really get fully wankered on rumbo? <laughs> when I came back from having me slash, I set me peepaws on his grouse Sheila Debs, who'd just come back from the GGs. She's a right top sort with sick fun bags like jumping castles. <laughs> yes, that is correct. I do like a good dish of cold shrimps and witchetty grubs with tartar sauce. After some more of the <laughs> finest lager, Dean and I began drinking Bundaberg rum with Coca-Cola. And unfortunately, we lost count of how many we imbibed. I excused myself to visit the gents, and upon my return, I was struck dumb with what I believed at the time to be the most beautiful woman in the world. Yes, I had seen her before many times, but there was something about her that made me feel young and a little bit frisky again, if I might say. The fine f- <laughs> the fine filly Sorry. in question was Dean's wife, Deborah, and she'd returned from a profitable day gambling at the horse races. Yeah, just the right combo of feral mole and lebo that gets me trouser snake hissing, if you get me, Jonathan Swift. The dolly bird had tarted herself up, fully up, with a new ranger perm, pink lippy, and some super bonza glad rags showing all the entrances to a shop of point cartwrights. <laughs> a real dinky dye, true blue looker, you know? Yes, her part Lebanese heritage might very well be the contributor to her aesthetically pleasing physical form. It must never be spoken in polite companies, of course, but I imagine it might be somewhat flattering for Dean to have a wife that other gentlemen wish to covet. She was dressed up to the nines on said occasion, I must say with a new permanent style and signature lipstick, especially for the occasion. She is just delightful and fantastic company too. So with all the Dutch courage I could feather duster, I asked Dino straight to his meat pies. Dino, I'm going to root your missus. Normally he'd say something like, don't come the raw prawn with me. Then I'd get a swift kick to the jazz, jats crackers. But bugger me, he was so pissed up on the chaps. The larkin said to me, Dazza, if she wants to touch your gnarled up bottle brush and go at it, son, no harm, no dairy farm, okay? Hell, I got to shoot through past the black stump to whoop whoop to see a man about a dog anyway. <laughs> 
Oh, oh dear. I'd rather root you than some other dirty cunt who won't treat her like the classy lady she is. Just don't get her up the duff, okay? I must have been overcome with her majestical beauty because something took hold of me. Frightful urge. I simply could not resist asking Dean if there was any possibility engaging in carnal relations with his wife, Deborah. I was not aware that they were engaged in the swinging lifestyle or anything like that. And in hindsight, I wonder why Dean did not strongly but politely put me in my place. But he said to me that he would not oppose if Deborah agreed. I guess the old adage is true sometimes that fortunate favours the bold. Yes, without the addition of what they call Dutch courage from the Victoria Bitters and Bundaberg rums, none of this may have ever happened. That is true. I must remember to thank the owners of those fine beverages in writing. Dean did have an important engagement with a colleague that evening, so he began to make his leave and reminded me to treat her with the respect deserved of such a fine and upstanding lady and use some kind of prophylactic device. Well, did that not make me crack half a stiffy? Too right. I was half maggoted and fully barred up. So I asked her right in front of her old man Dingo, Oi, fancy a root? And fuck me up the bindi, (laughs) Erwin. She said in that sexy voice of hers, yeah, all right, go on. You want to do it here in the Dunnies or be all classy-like? Well, um, even telling you this story now, it is most difficult for me to maintain polite language and not delve into vulgarity. I should have waited until Dean left to make the inquiry, but I suppose I was too excited and did not wish this opportunity to pass me by opportunity knockers would be most uncouth to say despite being a most apropos piece of wordplay for this situation apropos do you not agree (laughs) apropos come on man i'm not familiar with that word (laughs) apropos thank you i asked deborah whether she would at all be interested in anything more than my polite company for the evening and to my great surprise she said yes and made an inquiry back to me on the setting of this particular affair well that was all i needed to dump dino faster than a session in the chunder box after a 4x bath centurion while playing fonzies you're the voice on loop so we chuffed off back to her flat and me shagging wagon for some real fancy goon coon and poo. <laughs> Again, perhaps we were being awfully impolite, but it turned out that we bid our farewells before Dean. To use a phrase, we were out of these faster than Matt Shervington at the Storwell gift. And yes, absolutely. And yes, my downstairs, like his, was also prominently featured, much to my embarrassment. We made our way to Deborah's apartment in my Holden panel van automobile and planned out our night starting with some of the finest wine from a cask, block cheddar cheese, and a slideshow of 19th century lithographic images depicting naturalism of all things. More about that later. After a pash sash and a quick route to open the batting, we went walkabout to the bottle for a slab of tinnies. Then we came back for a bit more of ours, your father. She was real into it. Like it had been donkey's years since Dino had given it to her. Fuck me. She even let me do her up the freckle. And let me tell you, she was not as dry as a nun's nasty in there either. This Sheila was magical. Hotter than Jackie McDonald in her hey hey. It's Saturday, getting upskirted by Dickie Knee years. Our plans were fluid, if you know what I mean. And when we arrived, we started with some of what the French call, don't call French kissing. They just call kissing. 
This was most enjoyable, but quickly turned into a dry argument when we exhausted our supplies of alcoholic beverages. Fortunately, the local bottle shop was within walking distance, and we bought a 24-pack of lager in convenient aluminium cans. This Victoria Bitter, with a bonus sharp bite from the aluminium, provided the extra bit of social lubrication required. I am a gentleman, so will not go into intimate details, but Deborah was most forthcoming in the ways of our extracurricular activities in the bedroom, let's say. I cannot convey to you how extraordinary her talents were. Suffice to say, the Dean is a very lucky gentleman, and I shouldn't say this, perhaps should not take Deborah so much for granted. I couldn't believe me, Friar Tuck. We polished off the slab, and then she was whining like a cockatoo who'd lost his owner about a bingy ache from the grog and dodgy bronze and bush oysters. Maybe that's why Dino wasn't rooting her. I helped her make it to the dunny for a screaming rainbow chunder because I'm a top bloke, you know. And then I wandered next door to bought some fags off her woggy neighbor who looked like a stunned mullet because a goanna had just cocked it. She said, fair suck of the old sauce bottle, Daz. We're not supposed to call them fags anymore. They're dairies, all right? Be respectful to the poofters. This was one of the greatest nights of my life. Kindly do not tell my wife. Let's keep that all between us, gents. Deborah and I continued drinking our lagers until again our supplies were exhausted. This fine lady could nearly drink me under the table, which is no mean feat, I must say. However, just as we were contemplating our next rounds of alcoholic beverages, she had a most frightful reaction possibly to one of the food she had eaten at the race course races. It was also her first time eating a... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, really? Now you're just corpsing over everything. Bull's testicles. Yes, well, they are considered a delicacy and better to eat all the animal than throw some away. The gastro-abdominal pain took her to a frightful psychological place, and I assisted her to the bathroom as any gentleman would... It would be most impolite to describe the scene as belonging in the exorcist films, no matter how apt a simile. After helping her back to bed, I realised that I had exhausted my supply of cigarettes, as had Deborah. I remembered that I knew a charming old lady by the name of Anastasia, who was of Greek descent and very proud of it. Perhaps our relationship was sufficiently cordial that she might invest in my well-being and allow me to uh, allow me some of her fancy Dunhill menthol cigarettes. Anastasia was a little down after losing one of her pets, so I provided some comfort to her. She then proceeded to spend an hour telling me how amazing the ancient Greeks were, and that allowed her to regain even more of her composure. She also reminded me that in this day and age, we must be respectful to people who engage in non-heterosexual lifestyles. Cigarettes are very expensive now due to government tax, as we all know, and many think that the only people now still smoking in Australia are heavily and irreversibly (laughs) mentally deficient. You are a role model to us all, you fine gentlemen. Back in her flat... I yanked her off the porcelain bus and we hopped back into bed and passed out deader than Daryl Summers' career. Our kip ended when we were woken up at Sparrow's Fart by the reek and carry-on from the garbos. Christ, they were putting up a racket and a right pong. I returned to Deborah's apartment and once again helped her to the bathroom and back. 
We slept very soundly that night, I must say, at least for a few hours until the garbage collectors did their fantastic work, which they don't get thanked enough for. I chucked some googies and some snags on the barbie (laughs) and served them with Vegemite soldiers (laughs) and a pot of sauce to Debs because I'm a total legend. Besides, her cousin works with me trouble and strife, so I'd better stay in a good books. Stone the crows, hell hath no fury like a dolly bird, done up the clacker, then left to get her own grub the next day. She'd go right off and knock up, and fair enough too. I decided that cooking breakfast might just be the very thing to settle Deborah's stomach. So I lit up the outdoor cooking grill and fried some sausages and eggs. I thought Deborah might like something a little special, so I prepared some strips of bread with Vegemite to go with the eggs. And of course, one must always serve the finest tomato sauce at every meal. Did you know that Deborah's cousin is one of my wife's work colleagues? I wouldn't expect her to commit the taboo of kissing and telling, but if she does inadvertently divulge anything, then they will all know that I'm a gentleman at all times, even when transgressing. So I chowed down and got me laughing gear around the tucker, but Debs was looking yellower than Kim Jong-un <coughs> after one of his cheese binges, so she only wanted a few plain bickies and a Bex, but it did the trick. I'm being modest, but the breakfast I prepared was most delicious, and Deborah complimented me on my effort. However, she wasn't able to join in on the sausages and eggs with her still feeling a little poorly. So I found in her apartment some Arnott's milk arrowroot biscuits and some aspirin to dissolve in the water. That was exactly what she needed to pick her back up and prepare her for the wonderful day ahead. She perked right up, took off her reg grandies and popped on some crotchet togs. I slipped on me budgie smugglers and sunkers and it was down to the beach to catch some rays and take a dip. To my Peter Brock, she bronzed up in the nutty without a care in the world. Not like me ball and chain, who is now more frigid than a menopausal Bundy bear up Mount Kuziusko. Debs didn't didn't even mind when I sneakily slipped her one to wake up little Dazza. Christ, she gets me rocks off. I had the good fortune of some more time to spend with Deborah, and we thought that a trip to the beach might be in order. We got changed into our bathing costumes and drove down in my automobile. Deborah, it turns out, is a proud naturalist, and we were fortunate that we have our beaches where it is not prohibited. It might seem a little absurd to change into bathing costumes, then take them off to sunbake and go swimming, but for some reason, that is the standard convention. I couldn't imagine my dear wife frequenting a naturalist beach. Before we returned home with some much-needed extra vitamin D, I once again enjoyed her company if you know what I mean. Yes, we were very discreet. Some naturalists I've heard will deny deny it, but I have it on very good authority that it actually happens all the time. After all, do we not have a common evolutionary ancestor with the apes? They do not wear clothes or, or mate in private. We humans are a very interesting species, in particular our diversity compared to other species who are far more specialised. Why, just the other day I heard about another isolated Stone Age Island tribe who still live that way now and do not take kindly to strangers. 
just compare their lives to ours with all our modern conveniences, such as push-through can tops and disposable lighters. But what can I do? Dino and Debs aren't going to split up, and me old lady looks after the ankle biters real good. Yeah, she used to be a right goer too, but that was donkeys years ago, when Bonzi was at the top of the charts, and we all thought Rolf Harris was great with children. <laughs> Flaming heck. Rolf went to school with me granddad. Yes, well, that's a good <coughs> good a story, good sir, Barry. And it's all 100% true in the life of my golden panel wagon automobile. That was my one night in paradise in Deborah. Sorry, I mean with Deborah. What an embarrassing slip of the tongue. I am going to leave my dear wife. No, sir, she is such a wonderful mother to our children, and I shall always have the memories of what she was like when we first fell in love. It was long time ago now when Jimmy Barnes was releasing songs about being an everyday man, just trying to get by and make the best for himself and his family. Oh, I do enjoy artists who teach about responsibility and warn the dangers of a life of excess. Bravo to Jimmy Barnes and all his children, or tin lids as he likes to call them. <laughs> but screw me with a wallaby's tail. Look <laughs> at me banging on about this and that. Dino, the lady's blouse, do you know wh- where he might be? I've been running around like a dead dingo's donga looking for him. <laughs> But look at me talking your ear off. How awful of me to take up this much of your precious time, good sir. I shall bid you adieu and let you get on with the rest of your day. If it's not too much bother for you, please let Dean know that I'm looking for him and if he happens to make your acquaintance. Farewell. Almost good enough. (laughs) Almost good enough for man brain. Good enough for shit happens when you party naked. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 